Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is J-Mac, your host, where I'm sitting in my study, single malt whiskey in hand and listening to the sound of silence in the dark. Remember that feeling? The sadness, the panic, the general despair? Of course you do. <laughs> well, there is time to fix some key issues before the window closes and to understand why we just didn't turn up in our 1-0 defeat by an excellent Barnsley side. Is it a blip? A wake-up call? Is it Parker out already? Or are we going to destroy the league? Or have we got a senior of this crap all over again? Oh, and hello, Mr. Harry Arter. I'm joined by Mr. Reese and Mr. Marty Ward to chat all about it. Let's go. Right, gentlemen, good to have you both for this fresh oak hell once again. For the record, my belief is that there are some of our fans who need to relax slightly to this result. But of course, there are troubling signs. The biggest one that we were bloody shambolic and embarrassing and had no beans in us compared to Barnsley a couple of days ago. Um, and I just would like your opening thoughts. I'll go to you first, Mr. Reese. Um. Well, I think having had time to sort of digest it, you know, I have a bit of cooling off period as as, as as the saying goes, it's not as bad as I as I thought it once was. You know, when you see the results, you know, Barnsley won for them, you think, oh my God, what the hell's happened? But then when you go back, you take a step back, you look at the highlights, you think, yeah, actually it wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. It could have been better. But at the same time, it could have been worse. You know, we've had disastrous bad starts in the past. You know, when we came down the last time, the Ipswich game, my God, we were God awful that day so we've improved a bit i think many people would say because we were a better side now than we were then so obviously it's it's not ideal to get off to a losing start i'm sure there's some statistic out there of how many times a team has lost on the opening day and gone on to win the title so on and so forth or get promoted so on and so forth so i'm just gonna uh, take it take a step back and say yeah let's just wash off let's just, this game's a given let's just wash it off move on from there there's like 140 one points left to play for or something like that. Let's just focus on them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're very lucky, actually, that some other promotion contenders lost uh, that, uh, that day as well. Uh, Marty, what are your thoughts, mate? Do you see any any signs for positivity from that? Or are you thinking, fuck me, here we go again? Uh, at first, it was, uh, hello, darkness, my old friend, because it was just like, ah, oh, the weekend's back. Fulham are back to doing what they were doing before. Um, but as Matt said, uh, it's very much the same. I think after reflection uh, and you see other teams' results, you know, I mean, someone uh, put down today, uh, opening day last season, Bolton beat West, Br- uh, West Brom 2-1. Yeah. Uh, Swansea beat Sheffield United 2-1. Uh, you know, that was last season. And then you look at the teams that lost as well the same day. Brentford, everyone expected them to play in the playoffs. They lost to Birmingham. Stoke were supposed to do something. They lost. Cardiff, mm. they lost, you know, so yeah, it wasn't a great performance. The flaws that were there last season are still there, but you know, it's Fulham. They like to make us, uh, you know, on edge. So it's yeah. part of the fun, right? <laughs> part of fun, part of the heart attack. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've got to say that, you know, I mean, a lot of people are getting quite angry and, you know, pointing the finger at Parker over one game. And I think it's ridiculous because we still haven't actually two huge sections of our 
of our lineup that caused us to get relegated from the Premier League in the first place, namely defence, but also the midfield lads is looking very. I think we are quite even thinking if we just throw the old band back together, the three in central midfield, that everything's going to be rosy. But actually, it's been two years since then. McDonald is certainly, I mean, he turns a bit like a cruise ship at times. And, you know, Johansson is just looking rusty at the moment. So, you know, with these sort of potential rumours of Besic and Arta, then hopefully we can get some. But would you say, Reese, that actually it was more our midfield that let us down against Barsley? Well, going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the same old method, remember that this was the same midfield that, you know, took us up. But I'd say we didn't win a game until like September, I think, that year we went up. So it Mm. could be that this midfield is good enough, but just like Slavisa's style, you know, it took a couple of months for people to get used to. Maybe there's there's still some adjusting going on. So I don't want to immediately throw you know throw Johansson McDonald and not really Kenny because he's captain but you get the point off to the side but at the same time I'm not I'm not going to say that this is you know the best midfield that we could possibly have but at the same time it's it is still the same midfield that took us up last time so it it could be good enough just give just give it a little bit more time thankfully we've got a couple more days for you know calm heads cool heads to prevail and maybe do something in the transfer market, maybe make the right decision then rather than sort of overreacting to what's gone on, gone on on Saturday. Hmm. I mean, I mean, absolutely. And I think with the Parker thing, with everyone pointing the finger at him at the moment saying, you know, the tactics are all over the place. It looks like there's no plan, no structure. We can string some, you know, some simple passes together, but I mean, let's actually talk about the lineup because there is some cause for concern with actually his substitutions, but also actually just the general lineup, as I alluded to. So basically, Marty, what were your thoughts about Knockart not starting an AK up front? Because that was pretty much, I think, the only thing that people thought was an odd one when looking at the team sheet at two o'clock. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think we were all excited by the two players we brought in who were like extremely fast wingers. So you immediately thought they were going to start. But there you are, you're looking and you think, all right, OK, Ivan's one side. We've got AK playing the other side. And then when you see that he's sort of like contribution to the game. Now, don't get me wrong. He does, he's a very good impact sub and he does do very well to kind of scare any defender, but mm. his end product is just not good enough. I mean, he fell down too easily in the box when he could at most times stand up and you saw the difference with when Knockhart came on. I mean, it's coming from all reports. Why didn't he start? His statistics already when he came on in the second half were very, very good. So it was kind of like, what was the thinking behind by having him on the bench? Well, yeah, go on, go on, Mr. Reese. You're about to. Yeah, 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 sure. I just wanted to bring, you know, the point about you know, Kamara and Kamara Knocker. I think we all agree, because I said it after the Brighton friendly, that Abubakar Kamara does still have a role to play in this squad, in this team. But I do think it is, a, it is as an impact sub where he sort of made a name for himself in the championship last season. Against tiring defenders, he is going to be a nightmare. But I, I absolutely agree. I don't think he's there. There to start. I can't remember someone on the Fulham Twitter sphere. I name is escaping me right now. Just was was basically willing to get rid of Kamara if you don't see that Kamara is a hindrance to the squad. Then I don't know what to tell you. Words to that effect. I don't. I'm not sure. But don't. Uh, he's not a starter. I think we can all see that. But to just cast him aside and say he's he's nothing at this. Well, he's he's useless to us. Is is going is going a little bit further down the road? Maybe he was only starting this week because Knockhart still needed a couple more days to adjust. Maybe against Blackburn next Saturday, things will 
know, things would be in, in the right order, as mm. it were. But, you know, I'm not going to, now as I say, I'm just going to wash this game one to the side and say, this is Parker's first game as managing in the championship. Give him what a game, maybe two games to sort of get his, to get his thinking right. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I got to say, I mean, I think Parker almost hinted a little bit just before the match, or maybe I think it was the night, uh, the, the day before in his press conference that AK might start due to how good he has been in training. Parker was quite glowy about him, actually. Um, hold, about hold, on, Jim, I can't, hold on, I just have to, this, this is a new season now. Which AK are you talking about? Oh, we need, to, we need, to make the rule. We need to make things clear. Okay, fine. AK 47. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Uh, could call him. No, no, let's do AK-47. We could just call him prick, but I think we'll call him all of AK-47. AK-47 basically was, you know, he he obviously did something in training that Parker was liking, and I think he sort of merited him or rewarded him uh, by giving him a starting place in the performance. But then certainly now we can definitely see he's solidified his place as an ex-sub, like you say, uh, which means we might have, you know, a tsunami on our hands when the team do some paddleboard yoga in the coming weeks. So who knows? But let's talk about quickly, you know, what actually went wrong, do you think, Marty? I mean, you know, we were terrible. We looked like we sort of, well, it's strange because we looked like we almost underestimated Barnsley, but Parker actually stated very, very firmly in the press conference that actually that we should be very, very wary of them. Is it just a case of that Barnsley are full of beans from being promoted and we are still licking our wounds from being relegated? Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, Joe Bryan has done an interview today on the website saying that we're sort of wake-up call, which kind of mm. makes you think, did we really go into that game, you know, with our dicks up high, thinking that we were, we're going to do all right in this game. But it's probably the worst time to play, a, a, you know, a newly promoted team who have a very, very good home record, basically. And you look at all the teams that got promoted, they all really turned up. Luton gave Middlesbrough a hard game. Charlton gave a, a really good performance. I think it was just the wrong time to play them. Not that that's an excuse. I mean, the same mm. defensive flaws were there. I mean, I, I've watched that goal three or four times, and now I'm watching it behind my, ass, my hands, basically. It really is. I mean, it's almost like, why didn't Mawson, you know, close the player down? Well, I bet Nelly went to the near post, but instead... Mawson didn't, and it went through Bet's legs. You know, why, why didn't Brian get back up? You know, like immediately. Exactly, exactly. And then, well, MLM. I mean, he did like a flying somersault, was just laying there, and he's just—he wasn't having a good game. But he was <laughs> definitely not. Top, yeah. Yeah, he just wasn't good. It just, I, I don't, they were so up for it. I mean, they, they looked, they were all over the field. I mean, if you watch the 90 minute highlights, and I dare you to watch the 90 minute highlights, J Mac. Um, but if you, <laughs> you if you, <laughs> if you watch it, it's, it's just like they're all over the field. They overrun us. We just looked shell sucked. Like J Mac, yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, Steph Joe just looked. Like, you know, deer in headlights, Kevin McDonald as well. I mean, it was it was quite worrying to watch. I can see what it was doom and gloom as soon as the uh, game finished. Yeah, just one point I wanted to bring up about the goal. And it's, it's, it's only something I saw in the sort of third or fourth replay. Now, I know that Barkas Bettinelli is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of stick um, for you know letting one in at his near post. But if you watch it closely, the ball actually takes a deflection. So I don't think we that's something mm. we can really hold... You know, against Bettinelli. For all we know, he could have positioned himself perfectly to save the shot. 
but it yeah. was just the fact that it was I, I was uh, Alfie Mawson, you know, stuck his leg out probably quite rightly, and it just and it just went and it just went the other way. So a lot of people were to blame for that goal. You could argue the whole team, but I just wanted. To, there's going to be a referendum at some stage about Marcus Bettinelli, whether or not he should be the goalkeeper. Similar to how yeah. we treated Fabry and Marcus Bettinelli last year. I just want to, when this does come, you know, when the time does come to have a referendum on whether or not Marek Rodak deserves a going goal, we're going to have it at some stage. Just hold that, you know, in Bettinelli's favour that it was, it was a deflection. Could he have done better? Sure. But it was a deflection, so let's, so give me the, the benefit of the doubt on that. I, I agree. And I think Rodak is certainly going to be, you know, a future starter for us. Um, I think we shouldn't be doing goalkeeper bingo again this like, after the first game like we did against Palace with February. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think February actually played against Spurs the next match as well. But still, the point is just absolutely, I think Betts hasn't done enough yet to him to serve to be put down and rolled back in. It would just start an absolute chain reaction of, you know, dressing room meltdown and it would be, you know, the worst start, worse than it already seems at the moment. So, yeah, we seem to be in a phase where we are not really sure what our style is at the moment. I mean, it's only one game, I know, but Mr. Reese, do you, do you see any differences to how we've been playing in preseason to this game? Because I'm hearing that we looked a lot more different in this game, other than being just crap, but there was a, a style difference, a, a, like a cluelessness about us. Um, No, because I think from what I, from what I saw in preseason, we were pretty clueless at, at some stages then. And much like in preseason, there were opportunities where we had our chances to take and we just... And we just didn't take them. You know, everyone's going on about this. You know, the the greatest attack that the championship has ever seen with Caballero, Mitrovic, and Knockhart. But you know, at the end of the day, it's still not produce. It's still still not producing results. Even Aite coming off the bench had a great chance towards yeah. the end, but he sort of da- he sort of dawdled a little bit. So yeah, I would say there's still some adjustments being made because unless this is Parker saying no, we're fine with what we are. This this star will come good. In which case I'd slightly panic. But other than that, no, I think we're still pretty much in the same sort of mode we're in or we were we were in, in pre in preseason rather. All right, very good. Marty, on to you. Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. I, I almost kind of feel like we needed a couple more preseason games. It almost was like where, you know, there was one game where it clicked together where the Tom Kearney show came into it, uh, in the Brighton game. But then, obviously, the wheels kind of came off in the West Ham game. Um, they felt there's definitely I don't know how to describe it. There's a little bit of slab football going in there. You think of the amount of experience Scott Parker has and the amount of coaches that he's been under. Yeah, he was also under the youth team at Tottenham. There's definitely something going on. I don't know if he's still waiting for those additional players for a certain player to be sold on. It's interesting, as I say. I mean, obviously, this is Slav was a very slow star, as we all know. I mean, both seasons mm. that we had under him, so you kind of got to give him a chance. But so many people are ready to sort of throw in the towel, which we don't want to be that team sacking a manager after one game. I know it was a a poor loss, but you know you've got to give a guy a chance. This is not Felix McGaff we're looking at here. Yeah, I, I hope can... not. No, no, no. And I don't think it is. And I don't even think we're in the realms of Kit Simons Mark II either. Not yet. Anyway, not yet. I will not. I refuse to call for Parker's head until we've actually, you know, got the full window. So, yeah, Mr. Reese, uh, Marty alluded to, you know, it, it was the worst possible time to play Barnsley after coming, you know, coming straight up from League One. I mean, are there, I mean, is that 
do you think that's actually a valid point that actually we shouldn't have underestimated them in the beginning with and actually this could actually genuinely be just a blip Yes, there was actually a point that was raised by our boss, Danny, in the, and here's the moment for the sweepstakes, the much most wanted to be in uh, WhatsApp group, the Fulham Focus WhatsApp group, um, about how he he compared it to when we played Hull back in 2008, 2009, and how there was a bit of a you know, party atmosphere at the, still the KC Stadium, whatever it was called at the day, um, in comparison to what, you know, Barnsley were, were yesterday, because they had just got promoted, we... Uh, they had just got promoted. Barnsley had just got promoted. So it was a little bit of, you know, they wanted to show that they belonged in in the big time, as mm-hmm. it were. So they played they played above themselves to an extent. And maybe we just got caught off guard with, you know, a bit of complacency. I think I think it was was the point that Danny was trying to make. I don't, obviously I want to speak for him. Uh, he may, he's made the point on Twitter. So if you want to agree or disagree with him, by all means, go talk to him. He's a lovely guy. Um, but that was that was the point he was trying to make. And I think there is there is some valid there is some validity to it. Yeah, that Barnsley obviously, and there was obviously our scalp at hand. You know, would it have been the same if Barnsley? were playing a QPR or if they were playing a yeah, someone who's still in the division, someone shout out a name, Birmingham, say. You know, the fact that we were, you know, coming down from the Premier League, you know, the big boys, as it were, the favourites, you know, they played above themselves. So we can sort of put this game, as you, as you said, a bit of a blip, as it was, because we're not going to be facing this kind of opponent every every single week, you know, as the the uh, the aura, if you will, of you know that being their first game, this being our first game, us being the favourites for some reason. Um, yeah, we're not going to get that every game, so you can just put that the emotion of the side uh, is probably the point he was probably trying to make. The emotion of the occasion, rather than the you know everything that played out on the pitch, sort of overtook the game. If you, that's my that's my sort of interpretation of what he was trying to say. All right, very good. And like, just going on to the defence really quickly, Marty, D- Dennis Adoy, um, what were your thoughts of how he looked at playing right back before, you know, Maxime Lamarchon became really crap and then we had to swap him out and move him in with Cyrus Christie on the right backs? Because, I mean, I was just interested to know what, what you thought of Adoy was like as a full back and if actually the right back position is something that isn't as important as the centre back position that we need to get him. I still think we need to um, fill in the position of right back and a centre back that will play on the right side. But I think Adoy kind of put himself quite well. I mean, I mean, when you compare to MLM, I mean, he was just having a mare. He really was having such a yeah, bad game. Yeah, it. Um, he, I think it, when he did that flip and he had a bad back, he thought, right, finally, I've got an excuse to go off here and just have, I put my <laughs> head down because it really was. He was just having an absolute man. I mean, a lot of people, I think, were expecting him to sort of maybe flourish a little bit, but he just looks a deer in headlights as well, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah all credit to Dennis Adoya. Uh, I think he did all right. And then um, Christie went in that position. So uh, the less we say about that, the better. There was at one point, um, I don't know if anyone saw it, uh, Knockhart was having a right go at Christie uh, in some of the positionings that he was doing. So I, right. I took note of that. Yeah, I mean, let's quickly talk. I mean, Dennis Adoya looked good when he was actually in the right back position. But then, you know a lot of status quo resumed as soon as he went to centre-back. I'm interested to know what your thoughts of, what, what did Cavalero look like to you on his opening, on his full 90-minute debut? Well, not 90 minutes, he came off, but you know what, you'd see what I mean. 
Yeah, he had spurts of um, a good, yeah, it's a good performance. I think a lot of people were hoping that he was really going to tear it up, like everyone. To honestly, the one thing I will say was that free kick that Dennis Adoy got on the end of. That was a hell of a free kick, and I thought, blimey, I haven't seen a decent free kick in a while. So that was good to see. It was kind of the scenario we know Dennis Adoy can header. I mean, uh, that famous one in the Derby playoff game. But if Mitrovic right. was on the end of that, that could have been a goal. So, again, it fell to the right guy, uh, but it just wasn't the target. I mean, that was a real good chance because at that point we were really in the back foot. And um, that was a really decent free kick. But that was one of the only few things that he managed to do in that game, I'm afraid. So, so Mr. Reese. Today, well, after Saturday and how you're feeling this evening, transfer, we say, are an absolute necessity if we are to have any chance of promotion and, and in what positions. I know we've done this to death, but just to finalise it once more because time is running out. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I honestly don't know if I can add anything that sort of hasn't already been said. You know, I've been banging yeah. on, we need a, we need a centre-back. I'm still not convinced in Le, in Le Marchand and uh, Alfie Mawson as, as a partnership. Mainly because I can't trust Alfie Mawson to stay fit. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a decent defender in this division, just on their side. But I just don't I just don't trust him to stay fit. So if we have to move him to the bench and then have a dominant centre back, fine. Or if you know the centre back goes to the bench as, as the backup option for Mawson, fine, I don't care. I just don't trust Alfie Mawson to stick through a 40 six game plus cup game season. So I'd much rather have that. Anything else would be a bonus for me. I know they talk about Harry Arter, uh, rumours going around that he's signing tomorrow. I know Besic has been gotten a lot of mention. I know Anoma has been mentioned with as a part of the deal for Cess, so on and so forth. I yeah. don't care. Anything else above that is a bonus. I just want a dominant centre-back. A dominant centre-back. Okay, well, Marty, let's talk about Harry Arter because it does seem that actually this is going to be confirmed uh monday um well today if some of you guys are listening uh, on the monday so you might actually it might be official when you're actually listening right now but with harry arter i mean he seems to me from all the things he is passionate committed player and loyal to the clubs he plays for according to bournemouth fans and i'm just interested to know your take because he seems to box rather than a defensive mid if we did get i still think we need some cover in front of the back four what do you think as they are hearing this, and he is announced Monday, Marty McFly does work out quite well, doesn't it? Um, yeah, so I, for me, I think, you know, it's not a bad signing. He's he's going to do – there's lots of pros and cons. First of all, he was playing in a very poor Cardiff team last year, but for many Cardiff fans, was very, very good. As you said, he's, he will play, you know, with his, his heart on his sleeve. Does it work in our benefit that he's related to Scott Parker? He's not exactly going to go out there and just doddle for a couple of minutes. He couldn't do any worse than what Steph Joe and Kevin McDonald did out there. Let's be fair. That's a good uh, point. He, I, you know, we could be saying this till we're blue in the face and we probably might be saying it till Thursday on deadline day. It, it, it's been blatantly obvious what we've needed since the end of what last season when we were relegated you know i would still at this point grab gary cahill as much as his wages are ridiculous at least we know it's a dominant center back you know if you're not got any confidence in mawson you know gary cahill will do it michael hector yeah. also from chelsea you know if we are going to get um i can't remember his name who is from tottenham you know because for the Session deal which is just dragging and dragging and dragging you know we're all kind of 
sit here and we speculate, we worry. Is Ryan Session going to be sold? Do we have to wait till we be sold? Will it be the last day of the window? Will we bring in a player that's kind of like, was it Chima? It's not exactly, statistically, he looks good, <laughs> but everyone you look at, he's like, he's not very good. So it would be like the Rui font of defence. You know, we've known for ages our defence is poor. It's, you know, it's not something that's just going to get better overnight. It's, yeah. We are very, very thin in midfield. We, we were expecting two midfielders. One of them we were expecting to go, which was Seri. And Greaser, I think, kind of caught everyone, you know, by surprise. But he wasn't really featuring in preseason. And, you know, we are very short in midfield. So, you know, Steph Joe and Kevin McDonald haven't exactly got anyone running them, you know, into competition for places. So, you know, bringing in Arta and Besic, I think it's just a good thing because at the end of the day, a bigger squad means bigger competition for places. And that's to see what, you know, Scott Parker can do with all the pieces because I'm sure he must know that what we need to improve this team. Yeah, and I don't think that I really don't think Ariata is some sort of nepotistic hand me down. I think he's a very good player and certainly he, you know, he he's he's decent at Premier League level. At championship level, I think he could be very, very good for us. So, I mean, here's, here's to him when he arrives tomorrow. And look, one other thing I just want to say as well that I'm worried about, and I just want to put it on record here. Um, we need a backup striker. And I don't know if, you know, Martel Crosdale-Taylor might be the answer potentially if he gets some, gets some minutes in cup games or on the bench. But there's something, I mean, Mitro, to me, I know he requires premium service because he is a Premier League striker. But there is something to me that I think I think we're I think we're too optimistic and slightly overly sure that Mitrovic is going to tear up the championship. And I'm worried that we don't have that pacey alternative that could really we can't just rely on Font as a replacement for Mitrovic. And I don't think we can rely on AK forty seven either. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I feel like we can't have a like-for-like like striker. Because if you were saying to anyone, like, Rory Font's coming on for Mitrovic, you'd mm. be like, oh, good Lord, you know. Or AK's coming on for Mitrovic. You're thinking, well, he'll, you know, he'll be quite scary for defenders, but he's not going to hit the target even if the goalie's not in goal. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, why not go for somebody who's guaranteed goals, a different type of player? I mean, we haven't spent a penny. I don't know what the whole kind of salary issue is that we've got regarding, you know, to be within the league standards. Dwight Gell's still available, your best mate, uh, J-Mac. You know, mm-hmm. again, if we went out and bought him and we had Mitrovic and J-Mac, how much would everyone suddenly be looking at us as saying, wow, you know. <laughs> Mitrovic it, and J-Mac. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah, Dwight Gell and Mitrovic, you know, it's just two strikers already. You're thinking, goodness me, look at that, you know. And if we could show up the defence with guaranteed goals at the front, which we all fought before going into this game, mm. you know, we just need somebody with a real bit of pace in it, somebody a bit different from Mitrovic. You know, I think I agree with what you say. I mean, we just need something that is, you know, it's going to come off the bench and it will excite you or, you know, will be a different option. Yeah, and I think I look. I'm not. I'm not. You know, poo-pooing Mitrovic at all. I think. I think he'll come. I think he'll come good. He, he has been good. But let's not ignore the fact that Mitrovic. I don't think has scored more than two, maybe three goals this year in a Fulham shirt. And I just think it's something we need to be wary of. And I mean, even though he's not getting the service, to me, he looks maybe potentially half half a stone or so 
well, maybe, maybe like four pounds slightly overweight. He looks a tiny bit just, I'm, I'm worried we've given him all the money and all the comfort. And he's just thinking, oh, this, I'm going to walk this. And I don't think it's, I just think it's dangerous. I just, uh, I, but I'm, I'd love to be proved wrong. Let's see. Let's have a quick Parker rating. I'm going to say three because that was bloody dreadful. Matt, what is your Parker rating? Uh, I'm going to go for slightly higher than yours, I think. Given what I sort of said previously, I think maybe just give us a bit of a, give us a bit of, not put all the blame on him. So I'm going to go for a five personally. And Marty, mate, what's your quick Parker rating for this, uh, this lovely welcome back to the championship? Oh, geez. Uh, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to sit on the fence and I'm going to give him a five. Okay. Uh, I know that's people are going to be like, well, that's a bit high. You know, we've lost to, um, I think, again, I think he put the players out there that he expected to do a job. And mm. I think we underestimated them. I honestly, I, I feel like the Blackburn game, if we'll play the exact same way again and we get absolutely bullied again, then my Parker rating will go down. So I'm just going to give him a clear five at this point. Yeah. And look, I, I think that's fair enough. And I don't think Parker is, deserves Parker out just yet. Far from it. But I say in five games time and we're still feeling like this, we'll probably be looking across the road to Chris Hewn or something, but maybe not. Anyway, right. Thank you very much, guys. After this, we're going to have the quiz. Fulham. And welcome back. And now it's time for the quiz. It's time. It's back. Now for my co-host, my lovely co-host here, you could have a total of 24 points each. And for my listeners at home, my listeners, this isn't Frasier, our listeners at home, a total of 32 points. So we will start with round one, opening fixture. All right, so the round one opening fixture. Name the result that Fulham managed from the opening league games of the following seasons. All right, so a bonus point will be given to you. Reese, you're about to say something. No, no, I'm just getting ready to, I'm just getting ready to answer oh. the question. You're very, very excitable. I like it. Okay. A bonus point is available for each one if you can name the opposition from that match. All right. So, Mr. Reese, would you like set one or set two? I'll take set two, please. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Set two. All right. Question one. The opening fixture, what was the result? In the season 2000 and 2001, did we win, lose, or draw? This is before my time. However, I've done the research for that. I know we won because I know we, we, we won like the first 10 games on the spin that season. Right. So I'm going to go for a win. And then what, is, what do I need for bonus points or something? For bonus points, if you can say the team that we team. won against. Around that time in the championship, who would it have been? Like it could have been anyone. I'll say Preston. You get one point from that because it was a win, but it was a win against Crew Alexandra, I believe. Yes, Crew Alexandra, and we won two nil. And it was the first game under Tigana or Tigana. Never know how to say it. All right, and now let's go to first of set one for you, Marty. All right, so was it a win, a loss, or a draw? For the 2017-2018 season, the opening game. Uh, who did we? 2017 opening game. 
Jeez. Uh, it was that when we were in the... No, wait. Okay. Marty, I, I can't think... tell you that. <laughs> I try to think what... Uh, I think... Didn't we play... Uh, I can't remember if we won or lost, but I remember we played. Didn't we play Norwich? Marty, I can't tell you that. Damn it. <laughs> you have to tell me the result first. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, uh, wasn't it 1-1? One, one? I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Okay, you're going for a draw. And what is the team that you're going for? I swear it was Norwich. It was indeed. That is two points for you there, mate. It was a draw and it was against Norwich. 1-0. And it was the first game of the Slav promotion season. All right, now, back to you, Mr. Reese. And this, the 2010-2011 opening fixture. Draw, win, lose, followed by the team, if you know it. I think that was Bolton. That was, yeah, that was Bolton away. And it was a nil-nil draw, I believe. Exactly. That is a bonus point and a point. Very good for you there, sir. Very good. Well done. And for Marty, 2002-2003, win, loss or draw? Uh, I'm going to say a loss. Okay. And any, I'm going to... I think, did we play Tottenham? 2002-2003, I'm afraid, was a win and it was against Bolton where we won 4-1 and we were top of the league for a week. So no points for you there, Marty. And back to you, Mr. Reese. Okay, here we go. 2016-2017, opening fixture. First, tell me, draw, win or loss. 16-17. That was... First forties on the slab. That was a win... It was a home win. It was a 1-0 win against Newcastle. Matt Smith with the winner. That was two points for you there, mate. Well done. And Marty, here we go. 2006-2007. First tell me, win, loss or draw? 2006-2007. I think we played... Wait. I think we played Manchester United. Ah, I think we lost that. I I remember watching it round my mate's house and he kept schooling me. I think we lost something like, oh, God, what was the score? Doesn't matter. You don't need the score because you got it absolutely right. We did lose and it was was 5-1. And it was Was 5-1. That was it, yeah. And we were 4-0 down after 20 minutes. It was the the game that Cristiano Ronaldo became Cristiano Ronaldo because he'd just come off the back of the World Cup. So he was ah. there, right, I'm going to absolutely blank the whole of the English league for what the press did to me over the summer. And we were the first victims. Nice, yeah. nice. I was All there. Right. It was brilliant to watch at stages, even if it was terrible. It was All brilliant. right, final question for you, Mr. Reese. Final question. All right, so 2012-2013, win, loss or draw? That was the pinstripe season because i remember the game that was the five nil over norwich city 
Indeed. Two points again. Well done, mate. And for that one as well, we were top of the league for a week. I remember that. I was at that game. I was in the Hammersmith end. All right. Very good. That is the first round done for you. And the final question for that round for you, Marty, is 2007-2008. Win, loss, or draw first, please. Uh, We played our... I think we lost Ooh. that season. Yeah. Um, did we play Wait. Arsenal? And that is another point. Well done. Well done that we did lose against Arsenal. It was 2-1 and it was the first game of the great escape season. All right. Very good. Very good, guy. From that first round, Reese has seven and Marty has six. Okay. Nice. Nice and tight. All right. So here we go. Round two, focus fortunes. Four guesses each. So it's basically like the old school back and forth round. But all right, round two. Counting every season from 1999-2000 to the present season, 2019-2020, I need you both to go back and forth and name the top eight current championship clubs that we have shared a division with the most during those 21 seasons. All right, so I need you to name the top eight current championship clubs that we have shared a division with the most during those 21 seasons. All right, so four guesses each. And I'll, because you're winning, I'll go to you first, Mr. Roos. I imagine we'd have spent a lot of time with Blackburn Rovers. That is absolutely that. correct. Good point. 17. So 17 seasons. Well done, Mr. Reese. 17 seasons for Blackburn. That's one for you. Marty, back to you, mate. I want to say Birmingham City. Birmingham City is absolutely right. With that is the, actually the next one down. That is the second most with 14 seasons. That's a good start. Very good. And for you, Mr. Reese, second guess. Uh, we would have been with Bolton quite a lot. I'll say them. Um, I'm going to have a look at this. Let me just have a look. Bolton is not on the list, I'm afraid. Wow. Okay. Not on the list. Okay, All right. Then. Unfortunately. Now back to you, Mr. Marty. Uh, I'm going to say Norwich. Norwich, 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 Norwich. Norwich is not on the list either. Back to you, Mr. Reese. You know, I can't even remember teams in the championship. I wanted right. to say Ipswich, but they got relegated. I ah, oh, right. That's not my answer. That's not my answer. That's not my answer. Fine, fine. Te- teams of the championship. Greg, who are we playing this season? Yeah. The Sheffield teams. Um, there's no time. We keep um, nine mil with. This is hard. Um. Uh. uh no. Middlesbrough. <laughs> Middlesbrough, 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 calling Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is absolutely right. And it was third on the list. That is 12 seasons that we've shared playing Middlesbrough. Excellent. Very good. All right. And for you, Marty, next guess, third guess. Uh, I'm going to say QPR. QPR, absolutely right. And they were, that was the eighth team. So you just made that, Mr. Marty. All right. And for you, Mr. Reese, final guess. Wigan Athletic. Wigan Athletic, outstanding, was fourth just after Barrow with 11. So 11, that's 11 seasons we have shared. And final guess for you, Marty. Uh, I'm going to say Reading, please. Reading, not bad at all. That is sixth on the list. So Reading was there as well. And we had shared eight 
eight encounters in seasons with them. Excellent. All right, guys, that is perfect. So after that round, Reese is on three, seven, eight, nine, ten, and wow. Okay, so it is actually ten. That's very, very close. And Did I'll just read the, the ones that. that you... Did we get... No, you got one incorrect each, so you got three out of four, both of you. But you could have got West Bromwich Albion, which would have been just after Wigan. One of you said Wigan, didn't you? I did, yeah. You did, yes. Yeah. So Wigan would have been fifth, and after that, they're with 11. And then you could have had Charlton after that, that would have been 10. And then you could have had Reading with eight, and then Leeds with eight, and then obviously QPR was eighth with eight. And just below that, you could have had Forest, Stoke, Huddersfield, Derby, Cardiff. They all share the number seven. And you could have had Hull with six, but this is outside the top eight, of course. Sheffield Wednesday with six as well. Barnsley, Brentford, Preston all share five. Bristol City, Swansea and Mill. Uh, uh, Bristol City and Swansea share four. Millwall with three and Luton with one. All right, guys. Excellent. This is the final round. The final round. And this is the guess the player round. Okay. Now, the rules have changed slightly for this one. You get... So, basically, I'm going to name eight facts about these players. Eight facts, Okay. And basically, the points work in complete reverse order. So if you get the first guess, you will get eight points. If you get the second guess, you will get seven points. If you get the third guess, if you see what I mean, it goes eight facts and eight points in the reverse order, if you see what I mean. All right. So here we go. Guess. Just shout out when you think you know the answer, and I'll freeze you. Fact number one. This player made 122 appearances in all competitions. Okay, fact number two. 100% of them were in the starting 11. Okay, fact number three. He is in his 30s. Okay, fact number four. He scored two goals for the club, both from outside the box. Okay. Oh. Nope. Okay. Fat number five. Fulham were his fourth London club. Fat Ooh, number I got six. it. I think I got it. I think I got it. Oh, I think I've got it as well. Damn it. Okay. All right. Well, Reese was first. I'm going to freeze both of you. Reese, what is your answer? Is it Paul Koncheski? Okay, I'm going to freeze you there. And you went Paul Koncheski. And what were you going to say, Marty? Nick? I was going to say John Harley, but I think John now Harley. Paul Koncheski would be the right answer. Well, let's freeze you both and see what happens. All right. Fan number six, he has two caps for England. Fan number seven, he was a Laurie Sanchez signing. Fat number eight, final fact, his last appearance was the Europa League final. So take a bow, Paul Koncheski. Congratulations, Mr. Reese. You have won 18 points out of the 24 available. Well done, mate, and bad luck, Mr. Ward. All right, Mr. Reese, congratulations. And as a way of congratulating you, we are going to send you, I had to spend a, quite a lot of money uh, from his girlfriend to actually acquire this, but I have managed to find Harvey Elliott's shirt for you that he wore on his opening <laughs> Premier League debut. So don't worry, it's going to go straight to you and you can deal with it what you will. How about that? Perfect. I just ran out of toilet paper. Just That's out of toilet paper. <laughs> There's a piece no, of his hair. Yeah, a lock of his hair that you can put on as well. Or a lock of his dread, as one would say. All right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much for talking to me. It's so good to hear your voices again. And uh, we'll do all again 
next week. Uh, thank you to my co-hosts. Thank you for all to, all for listening. If you manage to get 32 points out of 32 points, please tell us and we will bathe you in glory on Twitter. And don't forget, we are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on all your social media outlets. And please just give us a mention whenever you can. All right. So we'll all do it all again next week. For now, bring on Blackburn and hopefully they'll be a lot more successful. Come on, you whites. Goodbye. Fulham.